Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Last week, I mentioned that having investable money is the first condition to building wealth, while having access to affordable assets is the second. This week, I want to dive into something I believe is fundamentally more important long before you can even think about building wealth. It's understanding your money blueprint and why this money blueprint, more than anything, will determine your financial life. Whether we look at money in the context of our personal or family lives, the workplace, or in the health and welfare of nations, the same picture emerges. Money is the most universally motivating, mischievous, miraculous, maligned, and misunderstood part of contemporary life. I was first introduced to the concept of the money blueprint in the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. He starts with the fact that we live in a world of duality, up and down, light and dark, hot and cold, in and out, fast and slow, are just a few examples of the thousands of opposite poles. For one pole to exist, the other pole must also exist. Is it possible to have a right side without a left side? No. Consequently, just as there are outer laws of money, there must be inner laws. The outer laws include things like business knowledge, money management, and investment strategies. The inner laws are how you think about money. What are your beliefs? What are your habits and traits? How confident are you in yourself? How much do you trust others? Do you truly feel that you deserve wealth? The fact is that your character, your thinking, and your beliefs are a critical part of what determines the level of your success. Imagine a tree. On this tree, there are fruits. In life, our fruits are called our results. So we look at the fruits, our results, and we don't like them because there aren't enough of them, or they're bitter, or they're too small. So what do we tend to do? We put even more attention and focus on the fruits, our results. But what is it that actually creates those particular fruits? It's the seeds and the roots that create those fruits. It's what's under the ground that creates what's above the ground. It's what's invisible that creates what's visible. What that means is that if you want to change the fruits, you will first have to change the roots. As humans, we are part of nature, not above it. Consequently, when we align with the laws of nature and work on our roots, our inner world, our life flows more smoothly. When we don't, life gets rough. Money is a result. Wealth is a result. Health is a result. Illness is a result. Your weight is a result. We live in a world of cause and effect. Whatever results you're getting, be they rich or poor, good or bad, positive or negative, always remember that your outer world is simply a reflection of your inner world. 
If things aren't going well in your outer life, it's because things aren't going well in your inner life. It's that simple. We are born into a culture defined by money, and our initial relationship with money is the product of that culture, whether it is one based primarily in poverty or a culture of affluence and wealth. From our earliest experiences, we learn money's place and power in our families, our communities, and in our own lives. We see who earns it and who doesn't. We see what our parents are willing to do and what they aren't willing to do to acquire money or the things money buys. We see how money shapes personal perspective and public opinion. For most of us, this relationship with money is a deeply conflicted one, and our behavior with and around money is often at odds with our most deeply held values, commitments, and ideals. I've noticed over the years that in addition to all the other hats that people wear, most people have a spiritual hat and a financial hat. Very rarely, if ever, do people combine the two hats into one. Why? because most people believe that two have little or nothing to do with each other. People put on a spiritual hat when they want to contemplate the purpose of life, their relationship with God, or that part of their souls that longs for ultimate peace and joy. People put on a financial hat when they want to deal with the dollar and cents of getting ahead on planet Earth, figuring out how to put food on the table, gas in the car, college tuition for their children, or saving up for retirement. As far as most people are concerned, the spiritual aspect of their lives and the financial dimension of who they are as people should rarely intersect. But that's just not true and pretending that it is can cause a tremendous amount of internal conflict. Denying that there is a deep place within each of us that longs to be spiritually aware is simply ignoring reality. At the same time, denying that we all long for some form of financial freedom is equally ridiculous. These yearnings are part of who we are as people. We long for spiritual awareness and we long for freedom. Your soul wants to expand and grow. It does this by having many life experiences. Does this mean that money makes everything perfect? No. Does it mean that money is your source of happiness? Absolutely not. It simply means that money is a tool that will help you have the life experiences you want to have. Money is not the answer to everything, but it's not useless either. Financial resources give you the opportunity to have many life experiences. The growth that occurs as a result of those experiences is completely aligned to a spiritual life. Your money mindset is the current overriding attitude that influences your ability to make, save, and manage money. Your mindset determines the actions you do or don't take. And that mindset is a result of what I want to drill even deeper on, and that is your money blueprint, which consists of the information and programming you received in the past, especially as a young child. Your grandparents, parents, siblings, teachers, religious leaders, friends, peers, authority figures, the media, and current popular culture that encourages an insatiable appetite for spending and acquiring without regard to personal or environmental consequences set those early childhood beliefs that drive our adult financial behaviors 
our money mindset. Often they are passed down from generation to generation within families and cultures and shape our financial reality. All of us as children were taught how to think about and act in relation to money. These teachings become our conditioning, our money blueprint, which enabled those automatic responses that run us for the rest of our financial life. There are three primary ways that we were conditioned. Verbal programming. What did you hear about money, wealth, and rich people when you were young? Did you ever hear phrases like, money is the root of all evil? You need to save your money for a rainy day. You have to work hard to make money. Money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people are greedy. Money doesn't buy happiness. There are more important things than money, like love. A penny saved is a penny earned. We can't afford this. Here's the rub. All the statements you heard about money remain in your subconscious mind as part of the money blueprint that is running your financial life. When the subconscious mind must choose between deeply rooted emotions and logic, emotions will almost always win. The second way we are conditioned is called modeling. Did your parents manage their money well or did they mismanage it? Were they spenders or savers? Were they investors or non-investors? Did money come easily in your family or was it always a struggle? Was money a source of joy in your household or the cause of bitter arguments? You know the saying, monkey see, monkey do, or the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. When I was young, everyone in my circle of influence worked. My dad was in sales, my mom in mortgage, my grandfather worked in heavy construction, and my grandmother worked for Bank of America for 35 years. They worked hard, played hard, and really didn't lack for anything. Never once, though, did my parents talk to me about going to college. It was assumed, I guess, that in our family, we all just go to work. The third influence or primary way we are conditioned is by specific incidents. What did you experience when you were young around money? These experiences are extremely important because they shape the beliefs or rather the illusions you now live by. For example, when my parents divorced, I was 14 and my brother was 16. My mom, now raising two teenagers on her own while trying to keep a roof over our head, gathered us around the kitchen table one night. It was time, she explained, our new financial situation. She had laid out two stacks of money with a third pile consisting of a few coins. She told us these stacks represented one month of her pay, everything she was earning. She pushed the first stack forward and said, this covers the house payment, insurance, and utilities. She pushed the second stack forward and said, this covers her gas, car, and our groceries. All that was left was a few coins. My brother and I looked at each other and knew then and there that if we wanted anything like new jeans, a record, or the ability to have any kind of fun, we would have to go to work ourselves. So at age 14, I started my first summer job as a fry cook at the Petaluma Racetrack. I learned very early that I, and I alone, am responsible for my financial future and shouldn't depend on anyone else for it. For that and many other reasons, it should be no surprise then why I've always owned my own business, 
never dreaming about success, just working for it. Now you can see why your programming leads to your thoughts, your thoughts leads to your feelings, your feelings lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. You cannot retain a true and clear vision of wealth if you are constantly turning your attention to opposing pictures, either external or imaginary. Do not tell others of any past financial troubles. Do not think of them at all. Do not tell anyone about the poverty of your parents or the hardships of your early life. To do any of these things is to mentally class yourself with the poor for the time being, and this will certainly check the movement of things in your direction. Put all of that completely behind you. What's past is past. I want you to think about your life up until now and ask yourself, what did I hear and see about money as a child? What's the one thing my parents did with their money that I want to replicate? What's the one thing my parents did with their money that I want to do differently? We can't always change the circumstances that surround us, but we can certainly choose the conversation we generate about them. I suggest you write down your answers and really think about the changes you need to make. After this break, I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. What is your money blueprint set for, and what results is it subconsciously moving you toward? Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99-plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Natakwa, Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 When the English poet W.C. Henley wrote the prophetic lines, 
I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. He should have informed us that the reason we are the masters of our fate, the captains of our souls, is because we have the power to control our thoughts. He should have told us that the ether in which our planet floats, in which we move and have our being, is a form of energy moving at an inconceivably high rate of vibration, and that the ether is filled with a form of universal power which adapts itself to the nature of the thoughts we hold in our minds and influences us in natural ways to transmute our thoughts into their physical equivalent. If the poet had told us of this great truth, we would know that this power makes no attempt to discriminate between destructive and constructive thoughts, that it will urge us to translate into physical reality thoughts of poverty just as quickly as it will influence us to act upon thoughts of riches. So here is the million dollar question. Is your money blueprint set for success, mediocrity, or financial failure? Are you programmed for struggle or for ease around money? Are you set for working hard for your money or working in balance? Are you conditioned for having a consistent income or an inconsistent income? Are you set to have a low, moderate, or high income? Have you been programmed for saving money or spending money? Are you programmed for managing your money well or mismanaging it? Our money blueprint doesn't just shape how we interact with money. It also defines how we relate to other people when money is involved. Do you lend money to friends? Do you give to charity? How much do you tip in restaurants? How do you feel if your spouse never saves a penny? Because we're all raised differently and come from varying socioeconomic backgrounds, how we think about and understand money can vary significantly from person to person. It's rare that in a romantic relationship, both partners come to it with the same or similar money blueprint. If you're committed to a relationship, you and your partner owe each other a calm, honest conversation about each other's finances, habits, goals, and anxieties around money. So do you now see how your money blueprint will determine your financial life, both personally and as a business owner? I have to chuckle when people say they really struggle managing their personal finances, and yet when they're ready to start a business, they think as if by magic they will automatically become financial experts in the realm of their business. Okay, this mindset stuff isn't just pie in the sky. It's biblical. Galatians 6-7, a man reaps what he sows. Or as Earl Nightingale says in The Strangest Secret, we become what we think about. That's exactly why changing your mindset about money actually has the power to change the trajectory of your life. If you want to increase your wealth, it's important to recognize that money has a mind-body component that offers you the opportunity to take control of how much you have. Most people simply aren't aware that they have been programmed their entire life to interact with money in a very specific way. But the rewards of acknowledging and changing this programming can reflect enormously in your bank account and in your successful business endeavors. Examine the thought patterns and stories in your head about money. Are they negative? How can you rewrite them? 
Evaluate whether you are living in the scarcity mindset or the abundance mindset and intentionally work to live in the abundance mindset. Ready to stop stressing over money and start attracting it? It starts with getting in alignment with your desires. Focus on what you want. Tap into the feelings you'll experience and act as if it's already a reality. I want you to be so fired up that nothing and no one can stand in your way. Then I want you to put your focus on the things you can control. Those are the habits that will help you pay off debt and build wealth so that you aren't the person who gives up, such as change the way you talk about money, not just to yourself, but with your spouse and, of course, your children, too. Live in gratitude daily and recognize everything you have that is good. Continue to improve your financial literacy through books, podcasts, classes, or online courses, talking with a financial professional, subscribing to money magazines, journals, and websites, or following financial experts and influencers on social media. Remember, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. When our family's beliefs affect our spending or saving behaviors, we are the protagonist of our own life story, but we are giving our power away to the past to determine our future. By changing our irrational beliefs and self-defeating financial behaviors, we become empowered. We are the author of our own tale of prosperity and an abundant life of holistic success and wellness. We are in the driver's seat and can choose whichever shoes we'd like as we put the pedal to the metal on the road to financial peace and prosperity. You are worth the work of exploring your money blueprint and rewriting your narrative to cultivate mental wealth as well as emotional and financial health. More money equals having more choices. Financial safety and security is a choice. Spending quality time with the ones you love is a choice. Giving time and money to help others is a choice. Having time and money to better care for ourselves is a choice. What we do for work, when we work, how much we work, and who we work with are all choices. Having time and money to do the things we want to do doesn't take money, It takes choice, and that choice takes real money. We all have life sentences embedded in our beliefs and our worldview. It is possible to rewrite them and consciously rescript our responses to include the inspiration we need to ground ourselves around money. In the book, The Soul of Money, author Lynn Twist writes, Money is like water. It can be a conduit for commitment, a currency of love. Money moving in the direction of our highest commitments nourishes our world and ourselves. What you appreciate, appreciates. When you make a difference with what you have, it expands. Collaboration creates prosperity. True abundance flows from enough, never from more. Money carries our intention. If we use it with integrity, then it carries integrity forward. Know the flow. Take responsibility for the way your money moves in the world. Let your soul inform your money and your money express your soul. 
access your assets, not only money, but also your own character and capabilities, your relationships, and other non-money resources. Resetting your money blueprint is a choice you can make. Attract what you expect, reflect what you desire, become what you respect, and mirror what you admire. Thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business and today, your money blueprint has been amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business. Tune in next week, same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show.